Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Spurs show is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Hi, this is Ryan Mason. I'm really looking forward to seeing you all at the Spurs Show end of season event at 100 Club on May 16th. Go to live.spurshow.net for tickets. See you there. Hello, good evening, good day, good afternoon, wherever you are around the world. Welcome. This is the Spurs Show podcast, the longest running Tottenham podcast. Well, since the internet started, 2007, we started this tawdry show, and we've been doing it every single week. A little bit of a chat, Rob White there, a little bit, hush, hush. This season, we're back by Labbrooks, go to bet.spurshow.net for that, for special bets. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, thank you so much for downloading us. Um, wonderful special, if you didn't listen to last week's show uh, with... Um, Martin Lipton, Theodolini, and Rob and Rob Eason, please do so. This week's a very special show. This week is an up, hopefully happy show with some wonderful memories. Before we introduce my guest, please welcome my co-host, Mr. Theo Delaney. Good evening. The applause were live. This is a Spurs Show live event, a Spurs Show season ticket event. You can be our next event, uh, May the 16th, with Ryan Mason at the 100 Club on Oxford Street. Just go to season.spurshow.net. Sign up, get a season ticket. I think it's a tenner a month. For a tenner, you could be here and, and see and, and hear from Ryan Mason. Uh, my next guest, uh, a wonderful man, has written a wonderful book, White Heart Lane, The Glory Is. If you haven't got it yet on all good bookshops and bad bookshops and Amazon, get it. It's wonderful. Mike Collett, who's been on the show before, was editor? He was my chosen um, amanuensis. He helped me enormously he in making it work. And he's been on the show. You might have heard him last week. Back again, Mr. Martin Lipton. <laughs> and finally, a man, we, we tried to get, what was it? Was it January, February? When was the snow? It was in those, yeah. February. February. No, snowed in. We were literally, you were snowed in. I mean, bless this man. He called me the latest time possible and went, 
can't get out. I can't get out of my house. I'm literally snowed in. A man that so many people here at home and, and here in the room have wanted to hear from. Uh, uh, a, a man who obviously played for the Lily Whites. 373 appearances. First class appearances, I think that probably means. 30 goals from 1964 to 72. Last week we talked about winning trophies. This man has. set his hand on them. FA Cup, League Cup, and most famously UEFA Cup. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Alan Mullery. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us, Alan. We really appreciate it. Well, you know, you don't live in London anymore, although you were a West London boy. Where were you? Are you near, near, in Sussex now? I, I was born in Notting Hill. Yeah. I live in Sussex now, right, in Horsham, yeah. yes. Yeah. So, well, thank you very much for coming into town and, and, and talking to this rabble, this bunch of riffraff. Thank you. <laughs> very, we, we, we do appreciate it. Um, you mentioned West London. Going back to the sort of beginning of your professional career, you are obviously, before you came to Tottenham, you are obviously extremely well established at Fulham. And the story goes in 1964, the great Bill Nick came in for you. But the great story, and I've never heard another footballer utter this, the great Bill Nick came in, and at first you were actually quite reluctant to go to Spurs, because Bill Nick wanted to play you in a position that you didn't actually want to play in. Absolutely. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, I'd heard about it from the, uh, from the manager. I'd seen an article in a paper that said that Tottenham, with Dave Mackay, had broken his leg, I think, for the second time. <clears throat> and there was a piece in the paper that uh, they needed another uh, wing-off, as they used to call them in those days, and it was Bobby Moore. But then another paper said they wanted me. So I went in to see the old uh, general manager, who was Frank Osborne, who had played many, many years ago for Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, he drank a bottle of whiskey a day and smoked 90 <laughs> fags and died when he was 93. <laughs> what a, <coughs> what and, a top uh, bloke. As a, as a, a 22-year-old, I went in and I said, Mr Osborne, I said, can I have a word? He said, of course, son. So I said, uh, I've just picked up the paper. I said, and it's got my name in it you know, about going to Spurs. He said, they don't want you, son. He said, they want a bit more quality. Like, they're looking, they're looking at, uh, at uh, Bobby Moore, you know. So I just left it at that. So about two weeks later, Bobby Moore hadn't gone to Tottenham. I don't think he was even asked. And I'm, I'm in the house, <clears throat> nine o'clock on a Friday night. I mean, half past nine, I would go to bed and try and sleep, you know, before the game uh, the following day. And uh, I get a phone call, <clears throat> and it's Frank on the phone. And he says, come over and see me at Epsom. I lived in Cheam in those days. So I said, what for? He said, well, just come over. He said, you know, I want to reminisce about a few things. So you had a game the next day, didn't you? <clears throat> yeah, you well, Liverpool match. the yeah. next day. So he said, um, you know, come over. So I go over. And he was like an old father to me, bless him. And I said, what's it all about? I said, look, it's nine o'clock. I said, I'm normally in bed by half past nine on a match day, you know, bump. So he said... Well, he said, uh, they want you to go to Tottenham. I said, what for? <laughs> he said, well, they want to buy you. I said, well, I don't want to go. I said, I'm quite happy here. I'm playing with people like Johnny Haynes and Jimmy Hill and people like this, you know, one of the great footballers, Johnny Haynes. I said, I'm enjoying it. I live half an hour from the training ground. I said, it's easy. It's lovely for me. My kids go to, you know, a school there as well. I said, so what's the problem? I don't want to go. He said, you've got to go. <laughs> so I said, why is that? He said, well, he said, the bottom, the Hammersmith end 
He said, we need a stand over that. <laughs> he said, to stop the people getting wet. He said, the only way we can do it is knocking you to Tottenham. He said, which would be 72,500, a British record fee. You know, so I said, well, I don't want to go. You've got to go, he said, you know. And as we're doing that, bomb, it's a knock on the door and Bill comes in. Wow. And, uh, and Eddie Bailey was with so me. How, how old are you at this, this? I was, what, 23 at that time, right, okay. yeah. And uh, he came in, uh, Bill, and he said to me, he said, how are you, all right? I said, yeah. I'd met him a couple of times when he did some training at uh, Fulham Coaching uh, with the England under-23s, I think it was, and watched him. He was a magnificent coach. You know, people are doing things now, what he was doing 50 years ago, which is absolutely amazing, but that's what it was. And uh, he said... Uh, can you play fullback? I said, I've never played fullback in my life. I said, I'm a midfield player. I like tackling people, I like hurting people. I like scoring goals, you know, and, and I like leading people. I said, but I'm not a right back. I'm not that quick to be a right back. So I said, I fit in midfield, but I still don't want to go to Tottenham. <laughs> so he said, well, he said, I've accepted the bid. He said, you know, you're coming. And he said, what we'll do is we'll double your salary. And I was on about 25 quid a week then. Uh, he bar- uh, made it up to 50 quid. And uh, it was about, I think, four quid for a win in those days. So income, uh, Frank Osborne gets on the phone to Tommy Trinder. Who was a comedian for for a a chairman of a football club, you know? Um, And he he came on the phone. He said, "Look, son, you've got to go." He said, "We need the money. Uh, We got to get got to do it, and you've got to go there." So, bomb. I I couldn't say anything. So, Bill said to me, "Look, when you come in tomorrow, he said, get your boots." He said, "And come in, and and we're playing Manchester United." And I thought, blimey. The only been at time I've been to Tottenham was when I played in London Schoolboys when I was about 13 or 14, and then playing Tottenham, you know, with Fulham. Uh, so I didn't really know exactly where it was, you know, trying to find my way from, you know, Cheam and Surrey uh, into Tottenham in North London. So it was, uh, I mean, it was a nightmare then. Still, I mean, it's even worse now, isn't it, to be fair? But... Uh, so I, I, I'm going to Fulham, you know, to play on the Saturday. Wanted me to play against Liverpool, and uh, we were winning, winning one 0 half time. So he told me basically just so people. He told you not to tell anyone. Oh yeah, just don't, go don't out anybody, and don't tell anyone. Just go, yeah. He, so so he, anyway, I, we, we're winning the game one 0 half time, and I was sitting next to Johnny Haynes, and uh, he, Haynes he said to me, "What are you doing after the game?" I said, I'm going to Tottenham. (laughs) He said, what, to Locarno there? I said, no, I'm not going dancing. I said, I'm being transferred to the football club. So he said, transferred to the football club? What's that all about? I said, I haven't got the first idea, but I've got to go. I said, Trinder's told me I've got to go. Frank Oswald's told me I've got to go. Bill Nick said, I've got to go, but he won't play me at fullback because he'll play me in the middle of the park. I said, so I don't know where I am. So, boom, Johnny Ains turns to the manager, who was Bedford Jezzard, who was a player before he became manager of Fulham. And basically, uh, he said to Betty, Betty, you know he's going to Tottenham after the game? So he went, where? <laughs> I said, this, this is the half-time. This is the half-time. This is the dressing game. Yeah, and we're winning 1-0 against Liverpool, which was great, wasn't it? <laughs> you know, so uh, Betty Jezzard says, he says, 
What are you talking about? You're going over there dancing, or what, you two, you know? Because Ainsley was an Edmonton boy as well, you see. So anyway, I said, no, I'm being transferred to Tottenham. He went, you're what? And he walked out the door, down the end of the corridor was the boardroom, and he went, and it was just like a John Wayne movie. Chairs were being thrown all over the place, you know. And Betty Jezza was a big lad, six foot two, six foot three, and put on a bit of weight at the time. So, boom, he could run into a door, and the door would fall all over. And he walked straight out at half-time, never came back to the football club. The manager just walked out at half-time. We end up beating Liverpool 1-0. I get home. There's Bill Nick and Eddie Bailey standing outside my door waiting for me to sign the forms. The Alsatian wouldn't let them in. So I signed the forms and Bill said, well, get your boots, he said, and uh, be over here Monday morning. And that's how it happened. I mean, I just I, I went over to Tottenham. When I walked in, I mean, I had a tracksuit there. There was my name on the back. It was... Polished, it was done. There was marvellous shoes there. I mean, you had to fight to get a pair of shorts at Fulham. You know, if you were late, you got the ones that held holes in them. But at Tottenham, all this was there, you know. I mean, it was absolutely fantastic. I thought, blimey, this is nice, isn't it? You know, this is good. We're going to Wanstead to play, um, uh, what do they call it, when you're eating a ball at a wall and it keeps going back, squash. So I said... I've never played squash in my life. He said, well, you'll get used to it. We do it quite often, he said, you know. So we all drive over to Wanstead in a coach and we start playing squash. I never had the first bloody idea. What's this all about? You know, playing squash. How does it help you play football? But this was Bill 50 years ago, your movement in the squash court, quick stuff here, there and everywhere. And, and it was just another world. Next day, we, we, well, we, we play Manchester United. And I mean... I just couldn't believe it that I was playing in front of 60 odd. So you were straight people. in? Straight in Put the side. Put you straight in? Straight in the side, week in, week had gone by, straight in the side, because Danny had now done a cartilage and yeah. ne- never ever played again, Danny, <coughs> bless him. Um, you know, to, to stop playing if you've just had a cartilage now. Yeah. I'm going to take it out in five minutes and you're playing the next day, aren't you? Yeah. Um, but that was it, and there I was a Tottenham player. I didn't have a particularly good game, uh, to be fair. Um, that went on for about two or three months where I was trying to get used to this huge crowd, you know, the long drive over, uh, <clears throat> everything was absolutely perfect in the football club, but you had to win. That was the thing. At Fulham, if you lost, who cared? If you won, that was good. So that's how it all came about. So remind us of, this is 64? 64? Yep. Remind of, uh, maybe our, our younger listener, um, we walked in. Who, who were the players still there in 64? Because this is almost like the second Bilnick team. Yeah. The, six, the double team is breaking up. It's, you know, Mark II, as it were. Who, who was in that dressing room when well, you walked Bill in? Well, Bill Brown was the goalkeeper. Uh, uh, who was it? Played left back. Ron Henry was left back. Peter uh, Baker. Baker was, was right back. Um, Dave Mackay was in the middle of the park. He wasn't playing about it. Tony Markey was there. Uh, Big Morris Norman. And then there was Cliffy Jones, uh, Bobby Smith, uh, Terry Dyson, Jimmy Greaves. Uh, and that was it when I arrived. You know, that was their side. Was that, I mean, I mean, you talked about everything being pristine, but you're 23 years old. You, I mean, you mentioned some of the players there, the absolute Tottenham legends then. And they are still now. Was that kind of not a culture shock because you're a London boy? But 
I mean, you know, because it, it took you a while to settle in. Yeah. And it took the fans a while. You mentioned Danny Blanchflower. You were never a light for light. You were a completely different player. But yeah. you were seen by the press as the Blanchflower replacement. Which was ridiculous. That must have been ridiculous. Yeah. It was absolutely... But that must have been very tough going out of that white heart lane at that well, age. Well, I, I, I found the first three months very difficult, mm. you know, um, you know, trying to get it. Yeah, I mean, to try and win over the crowd and Blanchflower had to retire. I mean, I was never going to do that. You know, when, when I talked to Cliffy Jones now, he introduces me, he said, uh, he was more a, a Dave Mackay than he was a Danny Blanchflower, you know, things like that. I believe that. Uh, but then again, Mackay is one of the best ever footballers I've ever seen. Uh, so that's a tribute, I think. You know, if I was anything like him, I'd be well pleased. But, you know, it was just huge. It was massive. I mean, two years earlier, they'd, they'd won the double. Um, so to go into that environment was, was very, very difficult. And it, it changed once yeah. after about three months. We were playing Chelsea. Chelsea, I was about to say. And uh, uh, you know, Bill came up to me. He said, "The outside left." He said, "Albert, I can't remember his second name." Albert, somebody he played. He said, uh, "He's a bit of a coward." <laughs> <laughs> so he said, uh, if, "If you're near him, he said, uh, let him know you're there." <laughs> so boom, boom, boom. We're going for about five minutes, and then the ball was played out to this wing, and I went straight at him, and I chipped him into the crowd. And our crowd, they're very, very loyal. They all moved out of the way. <laughs> and it, and it, it, hit, it hit the concrete. They, I mean, they carried him off with a broken nose, broken arm and whatever, you know. And I, I, I did my ankle. I did some ligaments in my ankle, but still played on. And uh, when I got into the dressing room, he pulled me by himself because he'd never say it to anybody else. He'd be able to say, he went... Great tackle. <laughs> and that was it. We beat Chelsea. And, uh, we got but home. from a fan's point of view, I don't know how many people were there, there was the, that game, there was the lone voice, come on the tank. And I think, that's I think what... I was, that was my dad, really. <laughs> <laughs> but that's when you speak to certain fans of a certain age. That yeah. was the coming of age. When yeah, you I, I think truly accepted with an awful tackle. Yes, absolutely. A yeah. White Hart Lane. Yeah. You know, it's fantastic. I mean, the, I mean, we, uh, you, you walked in just at the end of the, the last is last week's show talking about the FA Cup, and you know the media now are sort of more obsessed about winning trophies, but. It was your third. It was your third season that you mentioned before. Mackay uh, just returned from his second broken leg, yeah. so this is now sixty-seven. When we won the the, the FA Cup, yep. which okay, we talked about the last week's show. You know, it was sixty-two, the last one. What was your memory of that particular cut run before the final? I mean, a you were you were famously injured before the final, and then they didn't was... make that final. No, um, I got injured against Nottingham Forest. Uh, when we played the semi-final up at Sheffield. And um, they wanted me, you know, that when the press were there for that week, it was all, uh, you know, the press wanted pictures, they wanted chats, they wanted this, they wanted that. And basically, uh, I was in agony, uh, you know, with a thigh. And uh, I sat on some balls. It's an old picture, you know, where I didn't have to run anywhere or walk anywhere, but just sat there hoping that I would be fit for the, for the 67 final. <laughs> and as luck would have it, three quarters, I was probably about three quarters fit, you know, in that game. But I just didn't want to miss out. I mean, being a kid that grew up at Notting Hill, <coughs> to a uh, two up and two down, a uh, terraced house, bless them, my mum and dad. Um, <coughs> I used to watch the FA Cup. 
in a little television that had a big thing in front of it that made it look bigger. And the FA Cup started in our house at half past ten in the morning, where you went to the players in the hotel, they chatted, they this and that, they were having breakfast, and this went on to about half past six on Saturday night. So the kids were playing with the tennis balls, and if you were out there and anything went on at Wembley, if the wind was blowing the right direction, you could hear the crowd, you know, really? scoring a goal. I really? mean, it was absolutely amazing. 100,000 people in those days. And ever since I was a kid, I wanted to be a footballer, but I also wanted to play in the FA Cup at Wembley. You know, it was the big thing of the day. And nothing really spoke about winning the championship. It was about winning the FA Cup. You know, because this was shown throughout the world, all over the world, you know, and even in those days, and to play it and win it, which was great. Um, you know, for me, like two seasons there, you know, after that, Mackay left, bless him, uh, and I took over as captain. So it was a jump, you know, after two years to be the captain of Tottenham Hotspur, where you think back of the captains that they had, and Mackay most of all, um, I was so privileged to be given, you know, that job, you know, by Bill. I mean, famously, that that story when you when you make captain, it's in, in your book. You and Venables, yep. Terry Venables, were both called in <coughs> by Bill. Yep. I don't think you both realised why you've been called in at the time, did you? No, we didn't. No, I thought we were going to get a bollocking. To be fair, <laughs> um, but he he's um, he was the captain of Chelsea before he came, uh, you know, and he played in the '67 final with us. Um, and you look at it and. I suppose he was very forthright, like myself, you know, he, he, I'd been a captain ever since I was a kid playing for West London boys, you know, London boys and things like that, Middlesex boys. And then at Fulham, I was the vice captain at 17 under Johnny Haynes, which was absolutely ridiculous, but I, I loved it. I was in charge of people, you know, I was telling people double my age what to do. Uh, and they weren't even answering about it, they'd go and do it. Um, so that, that went on through the whole of my career, everywhere I went, which was Fulham and, and Tottenham as a player, I was uh, made a captain. And it was absolutely amazing to do that, you know, wasn't it? But Venables and I got called in to Bill Nick uh, when we were out at uh, the training ground. And uh, he said, well, now Dave's gone. He said, uh, we're going to need a new captain. And he said, Alan, he said, you're our new captain. And Terry, you are the reserve captain. So he went, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I went, thanks very much, Bill. I shook his hand and walked out. And I thought, yeah. that's one-up Venner, isn't yeah. it? You know, I thought, that's great. You know, because we used to room together as well. You know, oh, right. uh, so it, it didn't go down too well. Is that, did no. that rivalry I think he kept continue? snoring after that when we, when we were rooming together. He, he snored completely yeah. because he never got the captain's job. But, but you were mates. Right. Oh Cause, yeah, because later on. Yeah. Oh, okay, good. Because yeah, yeah. later on there was that Brighton Palace thing as well. Oh that... yeah, I mean that's that. You know that, that moment, only thirty years ago. Friendly rivals. Well, more than that, 34, 35 years ago. Friend, uh, friendly rifles. Yeah. Yeah. But very competitive. Yeah, yeah. You know, both of us very competitive because yeah. he he managed Chelsea and uh, not managed, but he managed uh, captain Chelsea at yeah. a young age, and I captain Fulham at a young yeah, age. Yeah. You know? And I was two years older than he was, but. Um, I was a better captain than him. <laughs> <laughs> that scene in that office is great because it's like a movie, isn't it? About two guys yeah, who come up in. together yeah, yeah. And, then, and then they're in the, in the, in the that, office together. The, 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 that 67 Cup final, the, the, the Cockney first Cup final. final, Bill Nick, for the first time well, since he was there, changed the whole pre-match thing. 
You actually, the, the team that you actually stayed in the Mayfair Hotel in the heart of London's West End. What was that like? It was, uh, chaos. It, it was complete chaos. Um, basically, um, him and Eddie Bailey and the rest of the, the coaching staff, you know, were looking at us and keeping us quiet. And they said, right, what we're going to do is going to go up to Marble Arch, walk up there, see a, see a film with Burt Lancaster in, and then we'll walk back. We're bound to bump into some, uh, you know, Tottenham supporters that are in town, you know, in town. Uh, and you'll do some autographs and then, bump. we're off to bed at 10 o'clock, all of us. Because we're up early in the morning, you know, getting into the, the mode of, of, you know, playing the cup final. So that's how it happened. We saw the film, we're walking back, we're having pictures taken like we have, you know, today um, by supporters. And when we got back, we had a cup of coffee and then we went, went up to bed. It was about quarter past ten then. So we just chatted away about, oh, tomorrow, you know, first cup final we've been in, blah, 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 this is going to be fantastic. And then we heard this newly married couple <laughs> next door uh, groaning like mad, like, you know. So we, I, th- I thought we're sitting there like this, me and Benna, you know, and we got the coffee and said, are you sure? He can't keep going on this time. <laughs> he said, well, they're newly married. He said, we've got to give him a chance. Well, two hours bloody later, we're still there listening to him. And I'll tell you what, if he'd have been in our team, we'd have won five or six. <laughs> years, <wouldn't it? laughs> oh, dear me. So, so we had no sleep at all. We came down, our eyes were down here like, you know, this one, and, and me and Venom were absolutely shattered. Um, and we hadn't done all that, we were just thinking about it, you know, while we were there, blimey. I'm glad my missus never turned up, you know. And, and it was the most amazing thing, and then go and win, uh, you know, the cup final against Chelsea was, was something, I mean, really special. It that, really that was a very different team from the one you joined, though, wasn't mm, it? Because obviously yeah. um, Pat was in goal, yeah. You had um, Kinnear at, at, yes. at right Joe, back at yeah. 17. left back. Um, <coughs> you've got Gilzina coming Gilzine came, by then, yeah, and um, yeah. Frank Saul scored one yeah, of the goals. A very different team from yeah. the one Jimmy you... Robinson, you know, yeah. he was there. Yeah. So yeah. things had altered over those Absolutely. three years. From, from, from the, the, the 64 bit, when I came, you know, Pat followed me, and he was, what, 18, Pat, so... I mean, he's still the same. He's still got the same hairstyle. Yeah. It's not a wig. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, he's as good as gold. He's a wonderful man. I, I you know, really absolutely love him. I know it sounds a bit stupid, but I do, because he, he, he was so simple, you know, minded. He just loved playing football, and, uh, and, and that was... A, and his family are a lovely family as well. Um, Nolsey was the nutcase, you know, in the side. He would go... I, I, you know, now and again, he'd, he'd get, go over the top and do things like that, and uh, you had to watch him a few times. Joe Kinnear was very educated uh, as a right-back. Uh, then you had Mike England uh, <coughs> playing there. and I mean, Mike was a big, really top-class centre-half, you know. I mean, he was fantastic in the air because he was six foot two. Um, good touch and everything about him. I saw him play uh, when I was at uh, Fulham, saw Mike England play for Blackburn Rovers against Burnley. Uh, and they both got sent off because they started to fight each other on the halfway line. And Mike gave as much as uh, you know, Andy Lockett did. Um, so you knew he was a hard case, Mike. You know, he didn't take uh, any orders from anybody like I did with Bill, but he, he was a good player. So we had a really different side to what it was two, two years earlier. 
Yeah. And that's interesting because obviously it's all great managers managing the progression, the change of a team is is the the real mark of a great manager that they yeah. can they can do it organically and bit by bit. But before you you, you turn your you know your head and that the whole team or a lot of the team has changed and yeah. that's that's what the really great they know when to say goodbye as well. Mm. And to be show no well, Bill did, guilt, didn't yeah. he? He, he was a uh, you know when you think of people leaving the football club, you know, you would expect it like um, the lad was at uh, Arsenal when we, we changed Jimmy Robertson for him and come in. You know, I mean, Jim, Jimmy Robertson was a far better player than the lad we got from Arsenal. David Jenkins, well done. Yeah, he was a far better player, Jimmy, but he went there and David Jenkins come to us, which was a joke, basically. But inside a short period of time, you know, in, in my career at the club, it got to 67 where we won the cup and then the following season, Dave left. You know, and it was amazing. He, we were sitting at, at Chesham, uh, and Bill had his table where he had his lunch and things like that, and Dave was sitting next to him and chatting away, and in walked Cluffy. And I thought, what's he all about? In front of all the players? Yeah. Of, really? Yeah, he just walked in, Cluffy. You know what he was like, big head. Uh, but, you know, he walked in, and basically they sat together, and blah, blah, blah. Dave was up said cheerio to everybody and he'd gone. And we're standing there going, bloody hell, what's happening here? A couple of years later, we had the same gym, uh, thing with Jim, Jimmy Greaves. Um, I can honestly say on my children's life that I never, ever saw Jimmy Greaves drunk. Never. But how he became an alcoholic, I don't know. But I never, ever saw him drunk in all the years that I knew him. Um, and such a sad, you know, way he is now, bless him. But he got rid of Jim, and Jim was scoring goals for fun. Mm. And we got Martin Peters, Jim went to West Ham, and, you know, basically it was the finish of his career. And then, come 72, the last game of the season was the, uh, the UEFA Cup. We won the UEFA Cup. The captain was back after injury and scored the, the goal that, that won us the game. And then we're sitting for pre-season training and we're sitting, Bill and I, like captain and manager, talk to us. And he said, after the first day's session, he said, how are you feeling? I said, yeah, I'm feeling good, Bill. You know, I really enjoyed it. I did some running while I was at home, you know, blah, blah, blah. You get to a certain age, like 32. Uh, and he said, well, he said, um, in my office, he said, there's about half a dozen letters. He said, I want you to go and read them. He said, they want to buy you. I said, who wants to buy me? He said, well, go in the office. He said, and have a look. He said, and pick up and speak to the people if I was you. So I said, what are you talking about? You want me to go? He said, well, yeah. He said, I'm looking for another midfield player, he said. I said, well, I don't think you can get one better than me, Bill. And he said, well, that's what's going to happen. I mean, the last game I ever played was the UEFA Cup final, and then inside three months, I was going to be out the door. And it was... I mean, I thought, what's he doing? But he'd already done it with Dave, he'd already done it with Greavesy, and now he was doing it with me. He wanted to bring somebody in, which he never did. He never brought anybody in to the standard that he was looking for at that time. So I, I don't know why. But I accepted it, couldn't say any more, you know. Um, and that was probably one of the saddest days of my life, to be fair. Well, we'll, we'll <laughs> talk know, about that further. And, and before we, we talk about those days... I want to talk about England, some of the, uh, the, the wonderful England members you got after this very short break. 
The Spurs show is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Right, we're back after the break. Um, right, before we look at the obviously the, the, the sort of late 60s, early 70s with Spurs, I want to talk to you very briefly about your 35 caps at England. Um, you first got your cap in, in when, you, when you joined Spurs in 64. Mm. Then there was a gap of quite a few seasons. <laughs> why, why do you think there was this... I mean, you, you said you were 23. Yeah. Why do you think there was such a gap between that first cap and others, and did that affect well, you at all it, at such a young age? Excuse my French, but Alf thought I was crap, <laughs> to be fair, um, because after I had the game, which was uh, against Holland, the first game, um, two years later, I had the World Cup, and I was in a group of 50 people to play in that, but then they had Nobby Styles, mm. uh, you know, um, Gordon Milne, that was at Liverpool, um, you know, quite a few midfield players, and I never got the job. You know, of doing it, which I, I was a bit. Do you think Nobby Styles at the time was better than you at that, at no, that stage or no, not? You didn't he, even he was never better than me, right? Nobby, you know, bless him. I mean, he's he's got Alzheimer's now, bless him, and, uh, and that's very sad. But he was never a better footballer than me. He might have killed a few people a few times, um, but you know, I, I didn't think. You know, off the field, he was a lovely. You know, down in a, a, a lad that, that played. You know, I mean, when we had five sides for England, he had to uh, he couldn't play with his lenses, so he had to play with his glasses on. You know, which was absolutely <laughs> stupid. And when he took, when he, we went to a tackle, and I, his glasses fell out. I nicked them and started run away with them, so he, he couldn't see where he was, like you know, and things like that. So that, that was the sort of fun we had, you know, as, yeah. as a couple. And the first time I ever played against him was London Boys against Manchester Boys oh, really? at fifteen years of age, oh. the pair of us. And we played against each other all those years. Um, he, a lovely little fellow, Nobby. But in six, after 66, I suppose a bit like that, after uh, the cup final in 67, two days later, I was playing, um, you know, for uh, England against Spain, which was absolutely amazing. Um, and I got inside, and I stayed inside stayed right inside the way through to the World years. Cup, you know. Uh, before I mean before the World Cup, obviously the the, the, the famous game in '68 because you were then obviously the the dearly departed Ray Wilkins and other one I think think of you were then in '68. You were the first <coughs> player to be sent off for England against Yugoslavia '68. What I mean, I mean that's a massive thing then, isn't <laughs> it? Semi final. Then well. you're like oh whatever. But then <laughs> I mean what, what was that? I mean what what was the incident? I mean. Before my well, they, they, what was the incident that happened in those days, and, and they're still a bit like it. You know, the the, the countries that come from that area, mm. they still you know like to leave a, a, a boot hanging in there, so you kick the boot and break your foot. But in those days, they used to kick lumps out of everybody. And we're playing against Yugoslavia, and I always always remember his name. Bitich, his name was. Because <laughs> I ever meet him, I'll run him over. <laughs> um, and he. He kicked lumps out of me, you know, he was a midfield player. And I, I kept appealing to the referee. And in the end, with, what, three minutes to go, um, he, he went straight we went straight over the top, you know. And I, I got up off the thing and I turned around and I kicked him straight in the balls. <laughs> and he went down like a sack of spuds. <laughs> You know, on the floor. Did you really kick him with your feet? Yeah, oh yeah. Really went for yeah, it? Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. It was worth it, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I get sent off, and uh, as we're walking to the dressing room, like three minutes ago, uh, Nobby Styles, I heard these feet running after me, you know, I thought he's coming, I'm going to give him. Well, and it was Nobby Styles. 
Nobby puts his arm around me, he said, we've got to get in the dressing room quick, mate. He said, you're the first player ever sent off for England. You'll never live it down. <laughs> and I haven't. No. no, no. Yeah. So there was, there was Nobby getting me in. And then the whistle went, we lost 1-0. And literally, you could hear the studs coming down the, the, on the concrete, you know. So Nobby said, get your shirt off, get your boots off, quick, quick, get in the bath. Boom, boom, boom. So I get in the bath, and we was about so deep, and I go under the water. <laughs> The door opened, I go under the water, I thought, who's that? They were quick. And this hand came down and grabbed me by the hair <laughs> and pulled me up like that. And it was Elf. And he said in his posh manner, I'm absolutely glad you kicked that fellow in the balls. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> and and dumped, dumped me down in the water again. And we got called up before the FA and he was a witness, Elf. And we, I got fined 50 quid. But Elf... Paid for it. Oh, really? Absolutely really? paid it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. How Which do you, com- do you com- Obviously, you played for Bill, you played for Elf. They were teammates yes. Yes. in the, in the yeah. 50s together. Were there similarities or very were there much. lots of differences as well? No. How, how would you compare the two? No, very, very much similar to each other. You yeah. know, uh, Elf never smiled. Bill never smiled. Uh, Elf would give you a bollocking. Bill would give you a bollocking. Their coaching uh, was so good. Just one simple, where we used to do a bit of training at Wembley, uh, you know, the amateur ground there, you know, on, on a match day. And, and we'd practice a few free kicks. So there we are, playing this free kick. And boom, we're set up. I think I can do it. Bawley thinks he could do it. And Bobby Charlton thinks he could do it, you know. So we're sitting there, so we're trying these three kicks. We hit the wall a couple of times and then got a ball over, but not the, the old ones, you know, the leather ones. They'd never floated about. They just went straight on. And literally, Alf walked onto the pitch and he went, uh, gentlemen, he said, I think we have somebody in this team who can kick a ball at 100 miles an hour. And that's Bobby. And he pointed to Bobby. He said, what I'd like to see is, instead of running this, doing the bits you do at Tottenham and the bits you do at Arsenal, you know, or with Bawley, let's just have a shot at goal. Roll it to Bobby Charlton and he'll hit it. OK, so boom, 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 we get this free kick in the game at Wembley. So Bawley says, I'll take it. I said, no, 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 we'll, we'll give it to, uh, to Bobby. You know, just roll it. You run over it, I'll knock it to Bob and he'll hit it. So boom, 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 over the ball. I knocked to the bob and he smashed it straight in the top corner. We get in at half time, we're going well, and Elf said, Very simple, wasn't it? He said, You clarified everything that day by giving it to Bobby. Thank you very much. <laughs> Turned away. You know, I mean, Bill, when we won the UEFA Cup, he, he walked in after going to the Wolves dressing room and said to Wolves, They were the better team yeah. and they should have won the UEFA Cup. I mean, that killed the evening, didn't it? You know, everybody went home. We were supposed to go upstairs and get drunk all night. But, you know, I mean, everybody went home. I'm driving home and my missus said to me, you all right? I said, no, I'm pissed off. Mm. So she said, why? I said, Bill came in and said, we should have lost. Mm. But that was Bill, you know. That that, that England era, that time, you're obviously very friendly with with Bobby Moore at that time. And, And during those England years, you were his roommate. Yep. You did, I don't know how much has come out in the press to this day, but you got him out of quite a few scrapes, didn't you? <laughs> uh, there was one where we played, we played and we were leaving, literally, the following week. We stayed at Hendon Hall, and uh, it was a night game. I think it might have been Russia. And um, we get back to Hendon Hall. Uh, we have some coffee and tea and this and that, and we all went up to bed. And Moro was booted and suited, you know. 
And uh, I'm getting undressed, I'm getting busy, you know, up past six, seven o'clock, wake up in the morning, and uh, he opens the window and he goes to climb out of it. And I said, where are you going? He said, I'm going into town. He said, I've got a taxi waiting for me. He said, are you going to come? I said, no, I'm not going, you know. So he went down a drain pipe. <laughs> you know, he's got his lovely shoes on, his gear on, and this and that. Boom, he's down the drain pipe, in the taxi, bump, off he's gone. I've gone to sleep. Next thing I hear, you know, is the window being lifted, which is now quarter past six. He, he's climbing in. You know, he's gone up the drain pipe and climbed in the bedroom, and as he's just about to get his gear off, the door knock. Come on, boys. Harold, Harold H. Shepperson opens the door, Mora jumps in it, he puts the car up, like the clothes up to here, and he said, God, I've had a terrible night of sleep. <laughs> he said, Can I go, give us a couple of aspirin? You know, and bomb, Harold, Harold went out to get it, and he got all his gear off, and Harold came back, and there he was. He hadn't slept a wink. He was awake for 24 hours. You know, absolutely humble. And then he'd go out and be the best player on the pitch. I mean, just not know how he did it. It's not like Gazza, wasn't it? Oh, about bringing yeah. it forward with yeah. great players. You hear many sort of Gazza stories like that. Unbelievable, as well. you know, how, how this fella could do it. He's, uh, I mean, quite a few times he did it. We played uh, Austria in Vienna, and that was an afternoon game, but we'd gone back to the hotel, and uh, he, he didn't eat after a game, Bob. And uh, we're sitting down, all having a meal. You know, Elf was sitting there as well. And uh, we beat Austria 1 0, I think. And there was Bob up the bar, as we can see there. And he's leaning on the bar like that, and he's just drinking a can of lager. You know, well, after about an hour, they were going away, and another one was coming up. So every time he finished one, he got about 20 cans of lager down him, you know, with no food and this and that. And he's slowly <laughs> sliding off the thing there. <laughs> and I'm watching him, and I, I, got, well, I got him quickly, and I put me on it. I said, come on, mate, upstairs to bed. So I get him in there, and as we go to get in the lift, he collapses. And I had to pick him up, put him over my shoulder to carry him up to bed. So as the lift opened, there was three women coming out. I went, oh, what's the matter? I said, don't worry. He's just fainted. Don't worry about him. <laughs> and we got in the thing, got him into bed, following morning, large as life. Yeah. Unbelievable. You know, and I mean, if I had half a glass of wine, I, was, I felt sloshed. That, I mean, that era, obviously, you know, many people hear that whole 1970 World Cup, which is obviously very iconic. And, and you know, obviously the game against West Germany. Um, what was it like? Because, you know, the, the, the stories are you and the coach going in the game and Gordon Banks obviously got ill. What was it like as a player to be in this, this maelstrom of <coughs> what went on that that thing and the, and, and the game the game that then, then went on? You know what, what was, well, it, it, was like? it, it? Banksy basically, uh, we were all getting on the coach. We wanted to be there an hour before because it was a hundred degrees in the shade, so we wanted to be in the dressing room, you know, and not going out but in too warm. But as we're sitting in the coach, um, I'm sitting. Literally, Elf is sitting in this seat behind the driver. I'm sitting there. So uh, Harold Shepperson comes in. He says, uh, Banks has got the hits. He said, you'll have to come. He can't get him out of bed. He's on the loo all the time. So Elf got out, run across the, the, the grass, uh, went to Banks. He bumped, came back in the coach. He looked up the back. There was Catty, Peter Benetti. He said, Catty, you're playing. And Catty went, what? 
<laughs> he said, you're playing. He said, Gordon's uh, on the loo. We can't get him off the loo. He said, so you're playing. So Catty was like this, a bundle of nerves, like, you know. Because he, he hadn't, hadn't played, played the game, had he? No, 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 not no. a game. And Gordon at that time was as good as anybody. Best you know, in the world. In 70, I mean, brilliant. But, we, you know, that was it. We went off uh, and we got there and, and played. And, you know, really, first half, we played some very good stuff. Mm. Uh, and then we had this situation where Elf would take off Bobby Charlton and then he would bring on Cullen Bell uh, and Norman Hunter, you know, for somebody else. But and people always ask me, you know, if he'd have left Bobby Charlton on there, basically we would have won. But nobody looks at the three games beforehand. In the first game against Romania, after an hour, Bobby Charlton went off. The second game against Brazil, after an hour... Bobby Charlton went on. That was the, the sort of group, that was the 1-0, wasn't yes. it? Yes. And the third game, you know, uh, after, uh, um, who did we play? Uh, Romania. And Bobby, after an hour, went off. And the reason why off did that, because Bobby was like 34 years of age. Yeah. And in that heat as well. So everybody thinks when they took him off, it, you know, yeah. half-time that that was the worst mistake that Alfred made, but it wasn't. I mean, he was the oldest player in the squad, Bobby, um, and he needed rest in, the, in that altitude. I mean, I lost a stone in weight in one game. One I game. wish I could do it now, <laughs> you know, and those last few days we've had, I thought I was going to do it, but, but it never worked. But when you look at that, um, we weren't allowed to have water on the pitches when we were playing. It was only before you started and when you finished at half-time and then after the game. Um, and basically, you're running around. I, they, we were on the scales before we left the hotel to see how much we weighed and how much we would lose, you know, in the game. And the doctor, I weighed uh, 12 stone 12 uh, before the game. Um, I got called in for uh, a drugs test. Uh, and I was there for probably another four hours because I couldn't pee because I was dehydrated. And, and you couldn't drink their water because there was syphilis, gonorrhea, or everything else in it. <laughs> you know? Um, so oh, all, all the bottled cans, you know, they weren't yeah. there. They'd been taken. So consequently, I'm sitting there, you know, and in the end, I, I said, well, can I get some Coca-Cola? And they said, yes. So they got that. I knocked a couple of those back, and then I had the smallest layer of pee. But I filled it, basically, with water out the tap. Now, it worked. Thank goodness, you know, and, and I went back. So they the tested it and thought you had syphilis yeah. and gonorrhea. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Explain that to your wife. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, I was clean. Yeah, <laughs> but when, when we got back to the hotel, I, I mean, Elf came up to me and he said, you all right? I said, yeah, I said, it was all right. And uh, me and Big Jack uh, were tested. Uh, he said, oh, get on the scales. So I got on the scales and I was 11, 7, 12. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, so it was an incredible game. You, you look at look it back now, and you, you're tuning up. You scored one of the goals. Martin Peters scored the the other goal, and you're, you're, you're cruising the game. And Beckenbauer hits one from distance, which which Peters sort of jumps over. But even then, the equaliser by Zayla was like a, a fluke. He couldn't do it. He couldn't do no. it again. No way. Completely. No, what he was trying to do is flick it on for other people. But as he did, Catty was on the six yard line at that time, and Bobby went straight over. And everybody blamed him. I blamed him yeah. for the first one, and people will accept yeah. that, but not the second one. And then by the time we started, uh, you know, the extra time, you know, by the end, we'd been playing for two hours in that heat. I mean, they worked it well, uh, and they ended up winning. We've got a great goal, I think, yeah. to win it. On a volley, yes. Do you think that, look, 
because you played that whole do you think that 70 team was better than the team that well, won the World I, Cup I, I, do you honestly not, believe that no it's, it's, it's not for me to say that but Elf said it Elf when we sat down we went back to the hotel and uh, you know he got up and made his speech bless him and saying how pleased he was and uh, he, he thought we were the best side he'd ever had you know at that time which was a you know a compliment to all the lads that were there um and he was a smashing fellow elf as well. Really nice guy. Was there a thing in that game where it was psychological? So you'd, you'd let the lead go and that once it, once it got back to 2-2, even though it was fortuitous, you just, there was a lack of real belief left. Well, he, you know, Elf made his little statement as we were sitting on the grass, you know, at full time, waiting for the, 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 the extra time to go on. And he said, well, we beat them once in a we're final. Going we're going to do it again. And as luck would have it, I mean, we didn't. You know, Muller got the goal and we lost 3-2. But um, I don't think anybody now... I mean, I, I, I watched a little bit of the marathon on Sunday mm. on television and that chap that, that collapsed and died, you know, and yet the heat in London probably yesterday was probably 70, 80 degrees. And when you're running, it's even more. There, I looked up at the sky at 12 o'clock midday we kicked God. off. And the doc had one of these rattles, you know, the old rattles we used to have when we were kids? And he had one, and he spun it around, he went, oh, dear, what's that? I said, what's that, doc? He said, it's 110 in the shade. He said, it's 100 whatever afterwards, you know, with the uh, atmosphere. And he said, blimey. He said, don't mention it when we get back to the dressing room. He said, no, keep quiet about it. Mm. He said, don't, don't mention any sort of stuff like that. I said, nothing to do with me, doc, it's all right, I'll get out there. And, and that was it. That's what we had to plan. But but then again, that's not an excuse because the, they had the to Germans plan it had as to well. Plan it as well. The reason I asked yes. that is because we were talking earlier, and you know, doing the post mortem of last weekend and Tottenham in the semi final against Manchester United, and you, you're winning in a game, and then the other team comes back, and we wondered why they they seem to lack belief in the second half, and I wondered if there's a parallel to draw there. I, I wouldn't have thought in that game, no, because there were so many uh, you know good players you know, playing in that, on that day, and very experienced players as well. Mm. Uh, I think what you'll find uh, with a modern-day footballer uh, that they can lose it very quickly. Right. You know, when, when you're winning. Mentally. Mentally. Yeah. Not fitness-wise. Yeah. I mean, every person that plays in, in the Premier League fit, yeah. is 100% fit. What you do have is mind games. Mm. And sometimes, you know, your players go off the line. I mean, you know, in the game last week, uh, you know, against Manchester United, um, you know, a cross from uh, Sanchez, you know, to the far post, and there's the, the, the big fella there, bump, ready to knock it in the goal. Mm. And, and we've got Vertonghen there, uh, the left-back here, and then the fellow there, not one of them marked him mm. at all. I mean, every time you, 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 as defenders, Bill used to say to defenders, you get hold of the fella, mm. you know, and, and make sure he's there. Mm. And, and one eye there and one eye there. And watching it each time he goes. If you can't do that, get to a position where you can see. I can see over there now and I can see here. Mm. But, they, they, I mean, defending in some, some games has not been particularly good. Mm. No. Mm. But some of the stuff that we've seen this season has been fantastic. Yeah. Mm. I mean, the European games were, were phenomenal. The Real Madrid game was, well, I don't think I've seen the team play better. How do you rate this Tottenham team? I, th- I think it's a, it's a very good side, but I think it's, uh, uh, they're a little bit young at the moment. We've got some outstanding players. If we can keep them, which I hope we do, 
Um, and I think with the new stadium and the crowds coming in there, we'll, we'll be able to keep them wages-wise, you know, in, in the club. Yeah. Well, I would hope so, anyway. Uh, but to compete at the moment with Manchester City, um, I, w- I will compete against Manchester United. We can beat Manchester United as well. And Chelsea, as we saw, you know, a few yeah, weeks ago. absolutely. Um, so it's not... I think, you know, when, you, when the mental game comes in, and, and this goes back to the FA Cup Final 67, Mackay was the administrator of putting the shits up people. Yeah. And we, we walked up the tunnel at Wembley, and there was this young Chelsea team there, and our team, and Mackay stopped heading the ball over the top of their captain. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like that and he says that's a bit of class isn't it eh? <laughs> <laughs> and, and we're all putting ourselves laughing and the, and the Chelsea players are going yeah uh, next thing he does doesn't he he gets it on one day and he says uh, says to one of the fellas he says you got a penny there so the fellow gives him a penny quite a big penny and he starts right out there catches it on his, on his forehead drops it on his shoulder Flicks it over, drops it on this shoulder, catches it on the knee, puts that, and volleys the ball up the wall. And he's looking at this. Class, eh? <laughs> Class, yeah. Brilliant. And they were frightened before they yeah. went on the pitch yeah. to see this fellow doing what he was doing. And we're playing in the Malay Cup final in yeah. 1967, one of the biggest things ever in a footballer's life. Yeah. But he frightened the bloody life out of them. Yeah. You know, and he was good at it. Psychology. Yes. They do it now as well. You know, they really do it now. If you watch boxers, which I love boxing, you know, and uh, you see them, when they get together, you know, just face and face, a load of rubbish. It's what goes on outside that somebody's saying, oh, this fellow's a good puncher, you know, he takes this, he takes that. We saw it with Anthony Joshua just recently, who's been fantastic. Um, mental things come into it more today than what they you know I keep wondering about I'm the old guard like most of the people are in here you know in the times of watching me play you know Bill would say go out there and do a job mm-hmm. we get older players now give them an iPad and telling them where to run yeah. and where, where they should go and where they yeah. should put you we want you running down the right hand side when I was a manager I used to tell the players go on there and win us the game yeah. go on and you would play an outside right in an outside right positions or whatever like that. But now the mental thing is far greater than it's ever been. Mm. Do you think the players are, are weaker, or just a different type of? Character? It is a different type of game. Yeah, you know, I mean, the physical contact of the game has gone completely mm-hmm. out the window. Um, and you knew your hard men in those days. You knew the people that could take it and would come back for more. Uh, today, if you touch any player when he's sprinting and he falls over, it's a free kick. You know, it's, it's, it's something you can't say, he's a good defender. If you were classed as a defender, you were good at tackling. Yeah. You were good at stopping people playing. You were good uh, a defender as a header, you know, good at that. Uh, so it, it's, it's changed so fast. Um, I mean, my grandson, uh, he supports Arsenal. Oh no! Oh. Now what? That is so had to it. I know. I, I had to mention it. What because happened? We're looking to have him adopted, <laughs> uh, but nobody wants him. Ah. That's the thing. So it, it, it's it's a bit like that. You've you've now advanced so much in what it is. I mean, if somebody gave me an iPad now, which I've got one, and said to me, "Look, I want you to make a run there, run there," am I going to run with the ball or not? Well, we haven't tried that. You just get on there and do this and do that, you know. Mm. 
I mean, I can't believe it, how many, how many times it happens. Or are they doing it for show? You know, that people look at this and say, look, look he's telling him what to do here, do this and do that. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of old cobblers, to be fair. Well, look, we're, we're running out. We're, we're going to make this two parts. Uh, we'll do another show now because we've still got to talk about what well, the roller coaster time you had at Spurs, going away, coming back, the UEFA Cup. So for now, our special guest, Alan Mullery. This is a playback media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at spurshow.net. The Spurs Show is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. Hi, this is Ryan Mason. I'm really looking forward to seeing you all at the Spurs Show end of season event at 100 Club on May 16th. Go to live.spurshow.net for tickets. See you there. Sports Social Podcast Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.